everyone, and welcome to East Coast Office Hours. It's a fanbite podcast with me, Mary Kay, and uh, Danielle Riando. Hi, Eco. Eco is here. Eco the dolphin. <laughs> should be our mascot. Is the it should Eco be a dolphin warriors. being eaten by Yoshi? I think Captain be... Planet and the <laughs> Eco assassins. No, I don't think that's Eco. it. I do like the image of Yoshi eating a dolphin. Just, I think the dolphin should also be giving a thumbs up. Right, as its face is like about to be eaten by a giant With its dinosaur hands. maw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's um, I found out recently that the man who made Echo the Dolphin, which that's probably an oversimplification. I, I don't actually know what his exact role was, but Ed Anunziata is his name. Okay. Uh, he also made a game for the Sega Genesis called um, Shikan, okay. which is based on an obscure little independent comic about a man who can't die. Um, <laughs> he, he basically challenged death to a duel and won, and then death was like, all right, I'll make you immortal, but guess what? Um, you're going to be craving my sweet touch uh, by the time I'm done with you. Uh, kind of one of those well, yeah. those stories where you're doomed to walk the earth. Uh, and uh, the game sounds, the game is completely bizarre. It's like, it looks like a Dark Souls or something. Like it has like the creepy vibes of that, something like that. It's very difficult. And it has all this stuff of like, it has an ending where like when you beat the game, death is like, haha, just kidding. You thought you defeated all of the evil in the world, but look <laughs> up at the stars. Every one of those stars has like a has planets that just have like evil demons on them. So get get cracking. And then you have one chance to beat one of them. And if you fail, um you get the bad ending and you have to start over. Oh my <laughs> and god. And if you beat it, then you get the good ending. But like it's one of those games where it's like but you don't get a second try at this one. So yeah, this I, guy Ed Anunziata <laughs> was just on one in the 90s just making fucking weird ass Sega Genesis games. I mean, I respect the shit out of this, and also this character design is like right a little earthworm Jim as um was who's the dude you're thinking who, of in Mortal Kombat who is like the Thunder God dude. Oh, Raiden, Raiden, Raiden. Yeah, he's a little earthworm Jim. See, Raiden. What I get from this, man? I get like um the Outworld Stranger. Oh, vibes sure, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. And then also like a like a Tau from Warhammer. Yeah, kind of look like that. Not that I know that much about Warhammer, but I think I know they, what that they kind of like. sort of yeah. look like Greys a little bit, but more sure. like Chakan. Um, just a very strange thing, and so I'm just kind of fascinated by this man and his dolphin adventures and his uh, un unkillable. Also, the idea of a game where your goal is to die is. Uh, pretty neat i think yeah that's kind of cool sounds like he was uh trying to do an uncommonly dark thing because the home console market was flooded with licensed platformers based on family-friendly media like holy shit my dude in 1992 was like i mean i don't know because he did that and then he did echo and um that's also a very frightening game we've talked about this Oh, uh, yeah. What with the aliens who kidnap all of your friends and then like the aliens are definitely very much based on the uh, designs of H.R. Uh, Giger. 
Yeah, it's fucked up. The vortex, they're called. And then the fact that you're a dolphin, so like you can, the whole game is a water level. <laughs> right. And, and like you can drown because you're a dolphin. He also worked on the incredible uh, <laughs> Sega CD Jurassic Park on Vector Man. <sighs> On the adventures of Batman and Robin, and here are the two absolute fucking bangers. Colibri, which mm-hmm. is the hummingbird game, the hummingbird and Mr. Game. Bones, which is a fucking bananas Sega Saturn game that was like starring a comedian skeleton guy who also had a guitar. Um, okay, so I'm just uh, I'm just hearing that it was actually Ed and Anziata's birthday yesterday. What? Uh, so happy birthday, Ed. Thanks for scarring our childhoods with... <laughs> You're very upsetting <laughs> games. Um, Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Mr. Bones. Let me take a look at you, Mr. Bones. That fucking game. This cover is... I'm look. Okay, so what I'm looking at here... This appears to be a skeleton holding an electric guitar. Yep. Uh, it has glowing eyes. Oh, it Mr. sure Bones. does. He's a comedian slash rock star. Uh, it's like a really bad platformer. I'm not going to lie. It, the controls okay. aren't great, uh, but there sure is a segment of this game where you have to tell the right joke. It's almost <laughs> a little bit of insult sword fighting, but it's yeah. like telling the right dad joke kind of thing, but it's in what? with like bad platformer. Okay, control. I'm putting this on my list of, of old. I, I've come to the conclusion that like, I feel like... like um, games culture and like retro game mainstream retro game appreciation has been so focused on Nintendo stuff for the past like 30 years sure with some Sega like Sonic basically and maybe Fantasy Star if you're like a real sicko but (laughs) there was so much fucking weird Sega shit that no one talks about except Sega perverts and like I think they're on the right you know they're on the right uh tip because Mr. Bones, a game where you're a skeleton telling dad jokes and playing electric guitar on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Excuse me. No. Sorry. It's incredible. Uh, so I just have, I've been, that's why actually why I was thinking of Chacon because I have this list oh, yeah. that I've kind of just been developing of all these weird old Genesis and Saturn games. And um, yeah. I'm coming to the conclusion that like, oh, actually I don't need to play most of these, like I have a list of like 60 or something games on, I use a site called ggapp.io. Oh, nice. Uh, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play this. But I think basically really what I want is to just like, I can just look them up and just sort of appreciate the weirdness of them. And uh, that's what I did with Chacon. I watched a playthrough of it and it was, uh, I was like, okay, well, I don't really need to play this now. Uh, but uh, Mr. Bones. This one you might need to play. Actually, I might need to play Mr. Uh, Bones because I want to read you. <laughs> I want to read the story summary of Mr. Bones. Yes. Yeah, it's so good. Dagulian, a mad philosopher who believes that one can only ensure the survival of good by making evil thrive, sets out to purify the world with evil. By playing a special set of drums powered by science and alchemy, he is able to tap into a primal power which he calls skeletal magnetism or skeletism and summon the dead from their graves as his skeletal soldiers. <laughs> so I hope you had rest in peace on your gravestone. Otherwise, you're getting conscripted into the skeleton army. Yep. One inmate of the cemetery, however, is pure of heart, and thus is resurrected not with red or evil skeletism, but with blue, good skeletism. Because of this, he retains his free will. This fact is quickly noticed by Degulian, 
and he orders his newly created army to destroy this rebel, who calls himself simply Mr. Bones. <laughs> Mr. Bones soon becomes determined to stop Dagulian's to stop Dagulian's plans. <laughs> he must find a way to counteract the evil of Red Skeletism before Dagulian's minions catch up to him. So, have you played this? Yeah, I have. When? <laughs> we actually played it. Well, on I the stream. It- I've played it a bit, and we did actually play this, not in one of my segments, but uh, one of the Waypoint 72-hour segments was right. Mr. Bones. And so I will forever uh, associate the bad joke segment with being just so tired, but also I found it truly hilarious. Like, it was, I was a happy tired, thankfully, yeah. so I found it very, very funny. Um just the whole fucking vibe of this thing is the thing that you think it is. Like, it really is Good. this, like, loose skeleton man, jokey, like, running around with a guitar, running around a, a graveyard kind of thing. Like, there are rhythm mini games as well in this uh, incredible, incredible piece of media. I don't know. I love this era. I love this era of, like, mid-90s. Um, occasionally, some really, really weird fucking things just came out of it. And there were so... Bizarre, and maybe they aren't like capital G great games by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're not uh, capital Degulian great games, but they they sure have a lot to them and a lot of weird charm. Uh, so yeah, yep, yeah. Okay, I have a lot also, of love for Mister Bones. <laughs> Ed Annunziata also just like just a kind of best of the weirdness of nineties yeah. Sega because he was also involved in Three Dirty Dwarves. Oh uh, my God, was he? And Mortha Chicken, which was a Sony joint. But oh, and Tiny Tank up your and arsenal. And Tiny Tank up your arsenal. Oh, boy. Didn't Now, I think the up your arsenal title subtitle was later used by Ratchet and Clank. I think it was, yeah. But Tiny Tank, the OG, just this yeah. disgusting looking little tank with a turret for a nose. He was such a nose. little asshole. Just a little pissant. Um, <laughs> Tiny Tank. Cyborg Justice. Another one that he did. Uh, Cyborg Justice sounds no. like a uh, a Halo thing. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Every fu- sorry, I promise this won't be a tangent. It's just an observation I need to make as somebody who doesn't play a ton of Halo. I played a bit, but whatever. Like every fucking Halo anything sounds like a Law and Order episode. It's always like justice and peace and justice in the right way or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck. But anyway, please please do go on. I just had well to get wait that off no what are because those are all names of uh, I think. Those are all ship names. Sure, 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 sure. Like, um, they're kind of, uh, let me see. I'm going to look up some. There's Halo a lot of them. Because I don't remember any specific ones. But Truth they and Reconciliation, like that. isn't that right. the main one? Right. Uh, which That's is named something. after just the South African uh, Truth and Reconciliation process. Is it? Is that, is that it? I tr- I have no earthly idea about um most halo things i played a bunch of reach and i played a bunch of i just want to whatever i think i played a bunch of okay wait here (laughs) halo fandom thank you thank you little jordo uh these are actual like okay here we go no well that is starship um um got the okay. fall of reach we've got so the- a lot of them are just a lot of them are just like named after places or people Actual kind of like the, the star trek mm-hmm. or like real life approach of like naming them after yeah places gotcha. or 
Uh, Pillar of Autumn is obviously one of the main big ones. Um, sure, sure, sure. So I've been reading a book series by a guy called Ian Banks. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Culture Series because it's about this like far future civilization just called the Culture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the idea of it is basically it's like a f- hyper advanced space communism that has no concept of money or like personal property. Um, and there's just like super advanced genetic technology. And so like everyone just has drug glands in their bodies that they can just use to like do whatever they want with. Um, people can just like change, transform their bodies. Uh, and the whole thing is like sort of run by these like hyper powerful AIs. But as far as I can tell the, the, it's not like oh, actually, everyone's just these domestic pets of these super advanced computers. <laughs> like, it is actually, like, actually, no, compared to the rest of the galaxy, this is fucking sick because everyone else <laughs> is, like, are religious fanatics or hyper-aggressive, like, military expansionists and, like, all this shit. And it's, like, and yeah. whenever the culture people encounter someone else, they're just, like, I don't, wait, why do you do this? Like, why do you do a war? I don't understand. Um, yeah. But it, if you want to do a war, I guess we'll do one. But, like, you're not going to like it. But, okay. But um, all of their ship names are, like, um, because their ships are sentient. So, like, one way that they basically don't have, um, like, they kind of curb conquest and stuff is because all their ships are people. Um, like, their ships yeah. have minds. Um so they all have their own really interesting names. And unfortunately, <laughs> Elon Musk used some of these names for like <laughs> some of his uh, his ships, uh, huh. which I really feel like is a case of being like, wow, cool robot. And like not seeing the like communism yep. is good. Uh, but right, right. Like some of the names of these ships, <laughs> uh, like in the book I'm reading right now, there's a ship called... Um, no more Mr. Nice Guy uh, <laughs> in the Player of Games, which is the first one that I read, which is probably the best starting point. There's a ship yeah. called, of course, I still love you. <laughs> there's one oh called my God. Uh, Little Rascal, uh, <laughs> Youthful Indiscretion. That's a good one. Uh, Kiss My Ass is a good one. <laughs> That's an excellent name for a ship. I like that. Uh, yeah. Anticipation, oh, the anticipation of a new lover's arrival, I think, is maybe my favorite <laughs> ship name. Um, and they pick, yeah, the ships pick their names and they, um, yeah. This sounds like a really interesting series to read. What's the name of it again? Uh, it's just called The Culture Series. It's by Ian M. Banks, I-A-I-N. He was like this really cool Scottish leftist dude. Um, he actually passed away a few years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course I Still Love You was the name of the landing platform ship from the first manned SpaceX flight to the ISS. Thanks, mm. Dordo. Um, Elon. what would you name a spaceship? If you had what a spaceship or a boat, because you name boats too, right? We don't name yeah, spaceships name because most of us don't have spaceships, but, um, what, what would you name a, a boat? So like my, like right off the bat answer would probably be like the Janeway. Or something, just because I I like Ooh, Voyager. That's and a I good like name Janeway. for a boat. Or yeah, ship. she's a good captain. It's a good boat name. I'll probably let me think of like a weirder one too. But that's like the real like real also, answer. Do yeah. you know about how there's like all these superstitions around boat names? 
oh no, I don't. Yeah, like, so I've alluded to this before, but I grew up um, with a parent who was really into boats. Uh, My dad was really into sailing (laughs) when I was a kid. Yeah. And um, he owned a couple of boats over the years. And there is all this stuff about if you change a boat's name, you have to do this whole like ceremony. Oh, wow. Um, and I, that's like the, the bottle smashing thing. Yeah. Um, you have to, cr- it's like, is it christening or you are, yeah, you're christening up? the boat. Yeah. You break a <laughs> bottle of champagne on uh, the boat's bow and, uh, it is, uh, yeah, considered bad luck to rename a ship and, uh, Oh shit. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of what, what I cannot remember what my dad named his boats. Oh, I do remember one name. Yeah. Um, so my dad's uh, last name is uh, Copas, K-O-P-A-S. Mm-hmm. And he named a ship Copacetic, except oh! spelled <laughs> with his last name. <laughs> and, That's uh, good. Good job, that was dad. fun, right? Yeah. That's kind yeah. of fun. I like that. Uh he, yeah, he later had a license plate that said GD2BKPAS. So, like, good to be Copas. That's uh, really good. That's fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, we had, he had some other names. I don't remember them, but. God. I love that. I love joke names. Like, good joke names are fucking I love great. I a good actually. joke name. Yeah. There yeah, was why a in Halo. Boat? Oh, what's uh-huh. up? I was just gonna say in Halo, why isn't there like a US UNSC giving the Covenant bag their bombs, sir? <laughs> yeah, right. I, apparently, the best one in Halo that I found was the UNSC. Do you feel lucky? Which is like that's not bad. pretty good. That's not bad uh, at all. Well, do ya, <laughs> punk? You gotta, yeah. You gotta imagine the captain being a very crusty, you know, dirty Harry type. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like running around his boat or her boat, just being like, yeah. Um, That's one of the uh, the most famous misquoted lines in film history. Yeah? Is it? Yeah. Um, because it isn't, do you feel lucky? It's, uh, he says, uh, he's like shooting and then he's like, well, you gotta like, did I, did he fire five bullets or six? Well, in all the excitement, I quite forgot myself. So you gotta ask yourself, <laughs> Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Um, so just one of those things, like, uh, Luke, I'm your father, that people are always <laughs> so excited to tell you that they didn't actually say, when who gives a shit? It's do I feel lucky? You're absolutely right. Absolutely right? Fuck. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, and yeah, it's, who, who it's fucking that's cares? one of those no things. One. It's fine. Um, I, can we talk about... Yeah. Novatrade. Please, let's talk about Novatrade. Novatrade. I don't know what Novatrade is. Uh, <laughs> well, they they published, or they developed Cyborg Justice, which is a game that Ed and Enziata worked on. Oh, sure. And uh, they okay. were a Hungarian games company okay. that made a ton of weird shit. Oh, I love uh, the last game they made was Jaws Unleashed in 2006. Oh my God, I remember that game. Mm-hmm. But they also made 
Echo the Dolphin. I feel like Man Eater all the Echo is the Dolphin games. Uh, Isn't it? They made Kinda? a huh. I feel like a uh, Man Eater, which came out this year, is basically Jaws Unleashed. Like it's, I think it's so. Kind yeah, of the same sort of thing, if you will. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, they did. Uh, yeah, they did Calibri. They did a Garfield game for the Game Gear. Oh my uh, god! They did Karateka. Wow! Oh my god! That Jordan Mechner classic, uh, his first game actually. They did Richard Scarry's Busy Town. Uh, so, Sports wow. Sports They made a game Sports called Sports They made, okay, no, they didn't make the Simpsons arcade game. They made the Commodore 64 port. Okay. Um, I was okay. going to say, like, wow, okay. Uh, so, and they made the uh, uh, Windows and PlayStation versions of Wacky Races. Oh, which my I guess God. is not the same as the game that I had for Dreamcast. Right. Which was the Wacky Races game. This is a Game Boy Color version of that, it looks like. It seems like it. So just one of these weird companies that made a ton of weird stuff and then uh, just uh, collapsed in 2006 during, I feel like a lot, that happened to like a lot of 80, uh, companies that like, came up in the 80s games companies like in the 2000s that there was like a big winnowing is that yeah as as budgets went into like absolute wild uh territory to make a game basically uh i think that's yeah that's kind of what that came about around yeah totally which is that's kind of a shame Um, yeah i mean i guess probably you know what's happening now is it's become viable. There's like a market for smaller games now. And so like a lot of these mid-sized companies now are just sort of the equivalent of them now is like smaller indie teams, but yeah. um, Who are now being bought at a faster and faster rate as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They're (laughs) now they're being bought up. So we're sort of going through like a second. We're doing it uh, again. Yeah. We're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, And eventually, and then, you know, when uh, when Halo doesn't come out for Xbox, Microsoft uh, or Xbox is going to go under and then it'll just be Sony. And uh, you know what? I welcome yeah. the consolidation of a media if it means that we only have like one game a year or something. Like, I think we should just release one video game a year and just everyone can like reflect on it and like share it as like an experience and then yeah. we move to like a new game the year after. The next the next year. Or like get, make it we seasonal. We get game each year. Yeah, we get game. We get the seasonal release of game and it's the only game. And it's Madden and Call of Duty uh, <laughs> and uh, Fortnite all rolled into one. And like there's some RPG elements on the side. Like there's a, uh, you know, you're Madden football, but it's... Uh, I was going to say turn-based combat, but maybe it's... Uh, yeah, turn-based Madden. It's like, put your right foot in. It's also got some, like, physics shit going on in there. Like, yeah. There's a element to it. Like, it's it's turn-based, but it's like, you got to put your right foot forward, then your left foot forward, then you have to catch the ball, so you need to extend your right hand. It's everything, you know? Uh, it's really just everything uh, that you need in a game. I, uh... 
I've played fewer big games this year than I think any other game in any other year in my life, which is slightly weird, really? I suppose. I think I've only played Last of Us 2. That's like the only like whatever you want to call it, triple A or big, 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 a big, big, uh, big, big, type of game. big, big, big. I've been playing a lot of little games this year. No, Animal Crossing is big. It's just not. Uh, it's weird. It's a weird one. Uh, but I suppose that's a big, big as well. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a big. It's a big, big. Yeah, it's true. It did some big, big traffic. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, it's big, but not violent. You're right. Yeah, uh, it's not Jordan's big in the same way that. as like a. Uh, it's weird because it's not. I feel like I have a very specific concept of what I think of as like a triple A video game yeah. these days. Yeah. And Animal Crossing doesn't fit that because what I think of is like the increasingly rare, I think, single player, like 40 hour experience where you just kill like thousands of guys <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah. And then there's maybe DLC later on or something. But um Yeah. So in that sense, I don't think of Animal Crossing as like in that, um, you know, in that in that realm. World. Yeah, it's yeah. it's weird because it's um, it's big, but it's not bombastic. <laughs> Basically, like it's big, but it's quiet in a lot of ways, or, yeah. or chill, I suppose. Because I also associate it with being like in danger. So it's it's violence, but it's also mm. danger, I suppose. Um, like I, you know, I think you can have a big, big game that's stealthy, uh, but there's a lot of danger attached to that, right? But there's there's kind of no the only danger you're in is like you know you let things go a little bit, and there's some weeds. Like that's that's a <laughs> or a scorpion the worst gets thing you. That can happen to you. <laughs> uh, which seems fine. Oh, maybe even as existentially horrifying, though. I suppose. I don't want to put a value judgment on it, but <laughs> it might actually be worse in some ways because there's so much more guilt associated. If you're like me and you, you like, I don't know. I like my little villagers and I get excited about them. I've been playing this game a lot, like more than I ever thought even. Yeah. And I, and I loved previous Animal Crossings, but I really have played it every day since the day after it came out in like Wow. <laughs> so, Yeah. It's part of my routine, you know? I don't know if you have gaming routines, uh, but that's kind of... It was Into the Breach for, you know, 2,500 hours. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, Animal Crossing didn't replace it because nothing will ever replace Into the Breach. Sure, no. I have just, like, a warm-up, like, drink my coffee, look at my email, play something chill. Or if not chill, oh, like, cool. something I can also focus on because it's, like, I don't know, it's just good for my brain to have something, like, kind of fun. To focus on as well as email so yeah yeah you know cool. it's no colibri but it's something colibri now that's the game i remember reading about in like a game pro yeah i've never actually uh, played or like an egm and i was like wow this looks really pretty um but i don't have a sega saturn so guess i'll yeah. never play it i almost bought a sega saturn the other day yeah it might be worth I, it uh, <laughs> I was up like, uh, pretty late and uh, I was really tired, you know, yeah, like, you yeah. know, when you like, um, you know, when you uh, like use a vape um, <laughs> or and, a tincture or a brand, you get like really tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I was I was really tired from all the hard work I was doing smoking weed. And uh, <laughs> I ended up on eBay and was like looking at a Sega Saturn and just like, I could just buy a Sega Saturn. You can have gold. It's like a hundred bucks probably. <laughs> I could just buy a Sega Saturn. And then I was like, if I did this, I would then have to buy a game for it too. And Sega Saturn games, I don't think are known for being cheap. Um, yeah. And also where w- I would have to figure out somewhere to put it. And like, I don't think I have a TV that doesn't have HDMI ports on it. So I would have to like figure that Seriously? scenario out. Yeah. I would ha- probably have to replace the battery in the Sega Saturn because the clock would be wrong. And um, I didn't do it. But I will say that if I were going to buy a retro game console, it would be a Sega Saturn. And it's possible that, you know, another day I will be really tired and end up pulling the trigger. Um, I just, I'm so fascinated with it. I, um, I played one maybe once. I think a friend rented one when I was a kid and we played bug and it wasn't very good. Sure. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of games for it that I, uh, would like to play. Saturn Bomberman, still a Saturn Bomberman, still really good. Uh, what else is, what's on my list? Uh, what's on my list of, uh, Saturn games? Let me see this. Well, uh, Mr. well, Mr. Bones, Bones now, <laughs> Mr. Bones, uh, Dark yeah. Savior, um, yeah. Dark Savior, uh, uh, it's got Vampire Savior on it also, um, uh, it's got, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, I, I'm not, oh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, is that a, that, what's, that's only yeah. like, what, $500 or something? Probably, yeah. The D and D games, the Capcom D and D games, uh, yeah. I feel like Colibri might might be a good one. Colibri, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it. The Saturn is the kind of thing that like I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, there's like a few things that like if that I don't know that I would buy for myself, but like if someone got for me, I'd be like fucking stoked out of my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if anyone's looking for a birthday gift for me in October, uh, Sega Saturn. There it is. It's 1993, and I want a Sega Saturn, or whenever the fuck <sighs> that thing came out, 95, 96, who knows? Yeah, 95, it looks like. that. I mean, famously, the Saturn was, like, announced only a couple of months before it came out. <laughs> that was, like, one of those. Oh, like, yeah. I think it was announced at, like, E3 in June, and they were like, we're doing a console, kids. And then it came out like, you uh-huh. know, five months, four, five yeah, months later. Yeah, like, because they were like. Looks like November of 95 in North America. Yeah. Well, they also <laughs> did the 32X as like, that was like, oh, this is to tide you over. But then they were going to release the right. Neptune, which was like just a standalone right. 32X. And they didn't. Oh my God, that's right. Um, that's sort of, I think that was sort of the beginning of the end of Sega there. I mean, like, you know, yeah. they. They muddled through into the Dreamcast, but I think the writing was on the wall, like in the '90s. With although, I mean, Nintendo was making some fuck ups too. Like that was around the time of the Virtual Boy, but really, they only did same that year. one. Yeah, um, it was the same year as the Saturn. So because yeah, like because Sega was like, uh, Sega CD, um, 32x. Uh, it's is slightly different. Um, there's games that you need both for. <laughs> um, right, like. Imagine needing the 32X and a Sega CD to play a game. That's deranged. 
including like the really weird video editing games that were like the make my video. Oh my God. I'm yeah. pretty sure those needed, but I could be wrong, but I think those needed both. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like crisscross, make my, make my video. There were a yeah. couple, there were a couple of make my videos and it was like really pared down video editing software that you used with a controller to like put a bunch of like unlicensed footage <laughs> onto the song along with the like crisscross kids dancing with their pants backwards like that was a whole fucking thing that happened on that console incredible the vision though like honestly the vision and the commitment to fucking weirdness i appreciate it i appreciate it so much let me let me see crisscross make my video jump jump my video let's see did it require jordan has just posted a uh, link to a list of games that you need both the oh thank you uh 32x and the sega cd to play um you know one thing you can say about sega is uh (laughs) until they got to the saturn i think they started fucking this up when they got to the saturn but uh before then they the all the genesis games came in like clamshell plastic boxes. Yeah. And that means that those games are now in much better shape. Like it's much easier to find uh, Genesis games in their original packaging than SNES games because kids just threw out the boxes. Like why would we keep the box? Right. But then you had to like put the game somewhere and SNES games had those weird dust covers that you put on the, the bottom of the cartridge. Yeah. Um, I think I had like a weird little tower of SNES like for SNES uh, games, but oh, yeah, yeah, like um, and then yeah, they were like, no, we're gonna do cardboard too. Like, uh, okay, so, Night Trap uh, is one of, of them. Of course, Corpse Killer, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, what the fuck is Fahrenheit. I have never heard of Fahrenheit. It's a firefighting game. Oh, it's a full motion video game by of Sega. Of course, it is. They all are. Uh, um yeah it's just okay so it's just an fmv game it's just a uh do do things and don't die wow they they have the full production credits of this game uh on segaretro.org sega retro people not just i don't mean that just this site but i mean people who are into retro sega stuff are perverts and i love them they're disgusting and i love it the best perverts (laughs) and i feel like a lot of them are uh british for some reason, like I think there is more of an appreciation for classic Sega stuff in the UK than there is here. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I was going to ask um, um, if there's like a, a good reason for that. Because obviously there are just certain genres that have always been more popular in the UK or, or certain developers. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, they were really, really into Sonic there. I mean, and sure. so was the States. But like, sure, yeah. there was like a, there were Sega themed arcades in England for a while. Like there was a sure. place called like Sega land or something that I went to the first time I went to the UK. I think it's gone now. Um, Cause they made a lot of racing games and that's just motorsport is just huge. Yes. Maybe yes, that's, part that's of it. true. That is true. Um, so, Oh, slam city with Scotty Pippen. This I'm looking at this. That's this a good one. Gotta be a winner. Yeah. Crack him like a nut and <laughs> put it on some salad. It's like this game just has like the most just like AI written 90s 
There's four discs. Like shit talking. Four. Wait, did you say there's four discs? In the Mega CD version, there are four discs of this game. That's deranged. This is like a (laughs) Final Fantasy VII or something. It's like, oh, oh, I'm on the third disc of, oh, you got to wait till the disc three of uh, Slam City and Scotty (laughs) Pippen. It really gets crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. Scotty Pippen shows up and kills Aerith. It's the whole thing. Oh shit. I love this. I mean, I probably would have liked Final Fantasy a lot more if that actually happened. Uh, this, the problem is we are just describing uh, that RPG Maker game. Right, 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 right. Yep. Well, I mean, that was Charles Barkley, but yeah, I, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah We're yeah. doing the same shit. We're doing the same fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, I just love this packaging. I love this design. This is so just 90s and good. Uh, let me see. I'm going to save this. I'm going to save South this America page. also crazy about Sega. Oh, that's cool. South America I sort of love and that. Europe. I yeah. don't know. I, I'm really curious. I would love to read an article about. I mean, you could talk to John, like Price because um, because that's genuinely John, really interesting. Uh, grew up in Argentina and Sega, really big there. Sega is still big there. Like, I think there's still like people releasing bootleg games for the Genesis. <gasps> Now, what have you linked here? This is, uh, oh, a bunch of Amiga people became Sega people, says Lil Jordo, which seems likely. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Slam City. Now, Slam City has uh, over two and a half hours of full motion video. That's why it's Uh, fun. So I would love to go to YouTube. And you know how, like, for modern games now, like, you can just watch, like, blank, the movie or whatever, like, yeah, like the uh, Klingon, like Kombat, whatever, just, the Star Trek Klingon FMV game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I definitely did that for uh, the Borg, the Star Trek Borg game oh, recently. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Although that is less of this because that is just an FMV game, whereas like with Mortal Kombat and stuff, they just show you all the cutscenes in a row. But um, I'd love to watch Slam yeah. City with Scotty Pippen, <laughs> right. the movie, on YouTube. Uh, so the the plot of this game is that you have to earn enough respect to face Scotty Pippen. God, you have to defeat Scotty Pippen's Legion of Darkness, <laughs> and then you face him in a one on one battle, a b ball like, battle. I love that the fucking the names on this are fingers juice mad dog. Oh, juice is a girl. That's cool. Smash and then Scotty Pippen. The real thing, not some cheap cartoon character that maybe on a good day sort of looks like him. There ain't nobody tougher. Like, it's just so, like, all oh, these yeah, they, fake players than Scotty Pippen. <laughs> they're very much leaning into the fact that, like, oh, these are, we, we put him in the, we put the real Scotty Pippen in the video game. Like, we actually uh, digitized his brain. He He's doesn't exist in the real world anymore. He's in there? He's in the game. <laughs> There's also a screenshot at the bottom of the bottom left area that says filmed in Hollywood with real basketball players. There's nothing virtual about this reality. (laughs) Smash. He's from the same gene pool as the big men. Hates humanity. (laughs) Hates you. That sounds like a Dark Souls boss. It is. Mad dog. He's been known to ask for help climbing off the backboard after skying past you to the hoop. (laughs) White men can jump. 
Oh boy. Oh, so Mad Dog's the white guy. Okay. All right. But uh, Juice, she can hit anything from anywhere. Competition is her middle name. Making you look bad is her game. Also, a 100%. guy named Fingers has also got to be a Dark Souls boss. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You direct interactive video puts a you right in the game. You're a part of the action created with Digichrome for the hottest digital images and Insta switch the instant response video technology. I actually have seen footage of this game uh, and it's just very awkward looking. Um, I mean, yeah. of course it is because they were trying, they were trying to do ambitious things, you know, they were yeah. trying to do like, Hey, okay, we can put, digitized video into a game how can we make a game out of this that isn't just clicking on things like how can we make a game that isn't just night trap or that isn't just one of those and this was one of their answers and maybe it failed but i think it was it was a valiant effort yeah i'm honestly fascinated by this era so much and and this type of game so much yeah because people are trying to do things that just the technology wasn't there yet to do and um so it's like, okay, how do we make a 3D game? Uh, I guess no textures um, uh, or just like no polygons. It's just wireframes or uh, it's just, uh, it's a trick. It, it's actually 2D, but it looks 3D. Or uh, we use like uh, FMV and uh, that's, it's sort of a game. Like there are all these weird solutions yeah. to this stuff that people's like people were dreaming so big and just like didn't have the, uh, ability to just realize their visions. But I think that's when you get a lot of really interesting work is when people are pushing against the limits of what's possible like this. Yeah. How did we get here? How did we start talking about the Sega CD? Um, I feel like Mr. Bones was responsible. Mr. Bones, definitely. <laughs> and we got to Mr. Bones because... Uh, oh, eco. It was another eco. Eco, eco yeah. echo. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's yep. um, it's quite a trip that we've we've yeah. gone on. I'm really today. proud of us. Actually, I think we've gone on a beautiful journey. Um, do you want to take a small journey? It's been through a long road this week. <laughs> it's been a, a long, long road. road. Um, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's look back at how we got here over the course of this week. Yeah. Was there anything that you worked on you were super excited about? I know you did do a pretty cool retro piece, yeah. uh, this time on Game Boys and uh, some interesting accessories. Yeah, so uh, I edited a piece by Hannah Steinkoff-Frank about the Game Boy sewing machine, which... Uh, is a, a a bizarre thing to just think about the Game Boys, you know, the Game Boy sewing machine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But and I think the Game Boy sewing machine is one of those things that, like, it's often it's not like made fun of, but it's kind of just like, can you believe the Game Boy had a sewing machine? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the Game Boy had everything in the nineties and two thousands. Yeah. Um, I mean, it had a camera, it had (laughs) a solar charger, it had a fish finder, it had all this stuff. And um, the sewing machine was basically this attempt by sewing companies, sewing machine companies to take advantage of the fact that 
um, it was it was a originally a Japanese product, and because the market penetration of the Game Boy was like so high there, yeah, that it was like, well, everyone already has this like this small computer at at home, so why don't we just make a sewing machine that interfaces with that? Because the the digital interfaces that were becoming common on sewing machines were very expensive at the time. So it was like, if we just made a sewing machine that could connect to a product that most people already have, uh, then that would do really well. Um, and so basically you connected the Game Boy to it and like you used the Game Boy to set up the stitch patterns and everything. Um, rather, so then like, basically they, like, they were like, okay, well we won't put these components in the sewing machine because everyone already has the computer components at home. Uh, so you just connect your Game Boy and put this special cartridge in and uh, program in the patterns and then sew it, which is a really cool idea. It didn't do that That's well. That's awesome, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> they did end up bringing it to the States. Uh, it didn't do amazing, but it's sort of like this example of the Game Boy being used almost as an early smart device because even before that, people were releasing software for the Game Boy that turned it into like, like there was like a Bible cartridge for the Game Boy that was like just the Bible. There was like a word processor one that came with like a little keyboard. Uh, So people were trying to use it in all these ways. It was kind of like a a proto smart device. Um, That's fascinating. Like again, like another example, I think of people taking like, okay, well, you know, we would want to do this, but it's too expensive or like we don't have the technology for it. So what can we do? How can we do that on this really primitive, like um, low powered device? And that to me is like, is really fascinating. And yeah, uh, yeah, there are so many peripherals like that for the Game Boy. It's, it's fucking wild. Um, The most infamous one, I think that never, actually went to uh, retail was basically a set of headphones that attached to the Game Boy that also have like a, a breathing apparatus on them that Whoa. was used to sedate children at the dentist. Oh my God. I don't know what? why, like I'm not really sure why you would need that instead of just giving them a Game Boy, but like, Maybe it's like, here's a special Game Boy device that you need to breathe through here to play the game. Like, I don't really know, but it never, it never uh, went to market. But um, yeah, the Game Boy could really do anything. It could, uh, you know, give you the Bible. It could sew and it could even uh, sedate you. That's truly amazing, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking cool. I love hearing about that that sort of stuff and also just how people have used technology in in bizarre ways and like ingenious ways frankly mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i also like the headline that it's like not a punchline it's actually like a cool fucking thing and phenomena so really liked that piece were there other cool things that you worked on that are uh in your mind right now oh uh, i mean you know you they're know all cool. they're all cool they're all great don't make me choose <laughs> make me choose my favorite child of course Um, I would never what about you yeah I um I wanted to write things this week I really did uh but it's okay because I made a little video this week that I am uh charmed by I uh so there was a section in last week's 
you love to see it, where we talked about Jurassic Park. And mm-hmm. John said something really brilliant, that he wanted two things out of Jurassic Park. One was the transcript of the phone call between uh, John Hammond and his uh, grandchildren's parents uh, to like be like, uh-huh. hey, come to this fucking dinosaur park before it's approved, while it's being approved by these experts who are going to tell us if it's safe or not, because somebody just fucking died violently. Um, but don't ask questions. Okay, I love you, John Hammond. And then two was he wanted like a, a very workplace sitcom of like the the whole the whole office really mm-hmm. about six weeks before the events of the film. And I kept that like sort of stuck with me this weekend. I went um, camping this weekend. I went to a COVID compliant jujitsu camp in uh, upstate, and I weirdly get like I don't know. I just get ideas uh, often when I'm working out. A lot of people talk about mm-hmm. showering and getting good ideas, and that happens to me too. But a lot of times it's like me when I work out. And I just kind of couldn't get that little piece out of my head. So I, uh, on Monday, I just made a little tiny video out of it and had a lot of fun just making that. And I made a, uh, just like a very light facsimile of a Jurassic Park uh, logo, if it were a, a, a Seinfeld logo, um, mm-hmm. and, and some other like really dumb things like that. So I, had, I just had fun with that. Uh, Jurassic Park continues to inspire me, I suppose you could say. Uh, so, yeah, that was one of my favorite things I worked on this week. It's an inspiring film. It really is, actually. It really does just keep giving. Every year of my life, I feel like it just gives me more. Uh, it was my favorite movie when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. It's up there. Um, it holds up. Honestly, it really does hold up. It does. One, it does. Anyway. And the the effects still look pretty good. Um, Honestly, yeah. Because it's like pretty much all, it's all practical, right? Mostly practical. There Mostly. Some, oh, there's some CG stuff with like the yeah. really big dinosaurs, sh- like the long shots. Yeah, but but even they those were still very look smart. Basically, to, um, okay. Yeah, they they actually still look pretty good, and I think it's because they don't really mix. Honestly, the thing for me is when you mix CG with live action, it looks like mm. rat turds most of the time. Uh, so if you have a shot that's like mostly CG and you're just blending it with like background stuff, and you composite it really intelligently and frame it really intelligently, it still can look pretty good. Um, yeah. And they, they did that with this. It, probably because it was so early and they were just like, ah, oh, we don't really trust this entirely. Let's like do a lot of work around it. And then, yeah, I, I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast, but there was something uh, that the actors and uh, directors in Farscape, which is like my favorite TV show of all time, said because mm-hmm. they used a lot of puppets for the creature effects on that show. And like the aliens actually kind of look like aliens because most of them are puppets or partially practical uh, effects and puppets that like touching a puppet makes it look real. So it's the opposite of that. Like if you have a CG shot, keep it like pretty CG and composite it, you know, in a really intelligent way, frame it in a really intelligent way. And then if you have like practical effects, touch them. And they do so much of that in this movie. They like touch the dinosaur faces and like Ellen Grant has that beautiful moment where Mm. he like is lying on the the sick triceratops and like it's breathing and he's like, oh my God. And that makes Mm -hmm. it so real. So yeah, sorry to go on a tangent, but that that shit inspires me. It makes me excited as a as a film person. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It's pretty cool. It's I pretty remember cool. going to uh, Universal Studios when I was a kid. Yeah, and uh, they had Jurassic Park stuff. And yes, like, there's a section they, of uh, of the park that's like Jurassic. Yeah, and like yeah. they had all these like big. Uh, I I think I don't know if they were the actual puppets, but they had animatronic things like them. Yeah. For the movie. And uh, they were, yeah, they're really cool. It was like, 
uh, even though that's definitely not what dinosaurs looks like at the time, it was very, it (laughs) felt very real and it still does. I think it still really does a good job of conveying like the wonder of that. Like the first shot when you see the dinosaurs and Grant is just like a kid again. Uh, What a good movie. What a good movie. It's, it's so got nice. everything. It's got hubris. It's got yep. Dennis Nedry. It's got <laughs> uh, child endangerment. Um, yep, a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got, it's got Ian a lot Malcolm. of short shorts. Yeah, like 90s short shorts. Ian Malcolm does it ever. My God. <sighs> that famous yeah. shot of him just lying there with his broken leg or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's so much. Like, everybody else's shirt is kind of on in this even though it's hot i know it's supposed to be hot and like there's no ac because the power goes out right but like mm-hmm. he's the only one with his shirt open like ever in this movie <laughs> 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 he's so hot and also such a fucking uh, yep. weirdo nerd like, yep god literally does he's... the like trick to make physical contact of like yep. Watch this water. Oh, chaos theory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, I, I, ox, we're forming oxytocin bonds by him touching your hand. Like, oh. God. you creep, but I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that scene still plays really well because she's just a hundred percent like, She's having fun, but she's not buying his bullshit. So oh, I yeah. Guess, like, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so no, it's good. It was actually like, yeah. <laughs> He's just like, look, look at the moves I'm putting on. <laughs> and like, she doesn't really care. And Ellen Grant is just like, wow, there's dinosaurs out there. That's way more interesting than you, dude. Mm-hmm, like, it's very. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a hard time so uh, outshining these dinosaurs, my guy. <laughs> right? Hard time right there. Well, I guess we should probably uh, move on with our Fridays, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Now that we've had the goodness of Jurassic Park and Scotty Pippen Slam City behind us, I feel like it really enriched uh, our, our Friday. It enriched my Friday, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, I, I, with that beautiful note, we're getting ready, of course, to close office hours for business. Uh, please do, uh, if you'd like... Uh, to do us a favor, please rate and review our podcast and tell your friends because we're a tiny little organic podcast network and we really do appreciate uh, that little favor if you could do it for us. Uh, you can listen to all of our good stuff at fanbite.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok on Fanbyte, and of course on fanbite.com. And you can watch all of our streams. I just said that. Sorry. I just realized I did it. Fanbyte.com. That was such uh, mm-hmm. an Ian Malcolm right there. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> com. So you, you, you watch uh, all of our streams. So you write about video games <laughs> ah, is that what you do <laughs> thank you Jordan Mallory for producing this show and uh, dealing uh, with Ian Malcolm voice uh, Merritt where can people find you online I'm at Merritt K on Twitter excellent uh, I am Danielle R.I. on Twitter and with that Office hours are closed for business. <laughs> <laughs>